Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Collingwood Conversations. It's been a while. It really has. But yeah, it, it's been it's been quite a while since we've done an episode, but we're back full steam ahead. All that jazz with a 2022 season recap to get things booted up and going. Um, hello, mate. How have you been? Oh, good. Good, 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 good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, good, good, good. Cool, 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 cool. No yeah. doubt, no, no doubt. Had, grew, um, grew, grew a beard, trimmed it, had a haircut. Yeah, also regrew the beard, trimmed it off again. No, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so 2022 season recap. It starts with obviously we're going to talk about not every game because that would get very boring for you guys, the listeners and viewers. But we've got to mention a few games. The first game is Anzac Day. Um, a, an, an amazing game, first of all. Ginevan had a lot to prove, and didn't he fucking prove Kane Corns wrong? He ended up bagging the Anzac Day medal. What are your thoughts on how that game went, Hutto? Great game to watch. There, there was actually probably a couple of guys who could have had the medal uh, yep. overall. Yep. Ginevan, but you can't take five goals. Nineteen year old kid, big stage, five goals, five, five really good goals they were, too. Not, oh, they weren't just, just like, like they were just lucky goals either. Yeah, not cheap sort of Joey over Joey the goose over the back kind of kicks and that like mm. piercing good goals. Um, always good to knock off Essendon. Always good to win on Anzac Day. It was. Um, it was a good game, and it was sort of a bit of a sign of things that were to come. Sort of that we'd sort of started. It was, the season a, it was well a precursor two, of what's to come, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd sort of started the season well, hit that bit of a slump, and then a bounce back well. And and geez, like. And then we went on talk- eleven in a row throughout the season. Eleven exactly. wins in a row. Like the last time that yeah. happened, Melbourne did that last yeah. year. You know, yeah. granted, obviously, they ended up winning the flag, but, you know, we have very reserved opinions about Melbourne. Um, they got found out very early this year. And, you know, you can't win a grand final two years in a row with the same playing style. It's very simple. Yeah, so I, good yeah, take yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely. I think, I think uh, Mel- Melbourne started the season on fire. Mm. A couple of sides knocked them off. Everyone, everyone worked out the format to beat them. And Simon Goodwin sort of went back into those those coaching habits that yeah. had him on the hot seat before they won the flag. So, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, no, so that was a good game. And there was, you know, both day costers could have got the, the Anzac medal, in my opinion, as well. Like, they both had ripper games during that game. Um, yeah, Dugowie had another a really good oh, he game. Back. He had a rip, 27 odd touches and a goal. Right. So, and yeah. how good is it that he's re-signed for five more years with Collingwood after possibly going to bloody Scoop, Scratches, uh, St. Kilda? He's chosen to <laughs> stick with Collingwood for five more years. Yeah. So, and, uh, uh, at the end of sorry. it, he will... Sorry, I'll let you finish. Yep. Uh, so by the end of it, he will have played 13 years at Collingwood. Definitely. Do you reckon, yeah. do you reckon he'll right. he'll finish a one club man, or do you reckon he'll maybe go to another club to finish off? Uh, I think he might play five and be done. To be honest, like, I think he might because I mean, 13 years is like that's unheard of nowadays for players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like it, it's a thing. Guys are starting to retire a bit early. Some guys go on longer. The average. The average. Um, this is again based off just the law of averages. The average is only three seasons in the AFL. Yeah, definitely. But I think, yeah, I, I think to go, he kind of be one of those guys, a bit like Swan, like won't won't play forever. Just gets the job. What I need to do, yeah. I, and I think if, if we win a flag or two within those five years, I, I couldn't see to go. going anywhere. Going Degoe, anywhere. You could say you can't or, see him to going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Another two good players in that game, obviously, uh, Jeremy Howe and John Noble had a mm. both both had really good defensive games 
a lot of intercept possessions, which was yes. which was good. It was good to see. And speaking of Melbourne, obviously, we just spoke about the D's and their terrible defense of the grand final victory last year. Um, we played them in the Queen's birthday game, and what a fucking game it was for Collingwood. What are your thoughts on how that game went? Uh, <laughs> I was at work when the game started, <laughs> so I was listening to it on the radio, and I was I was getting frustrated, like. It was one of those games that looked like we were not going to do anything right. We were going to attack, attack, attack. And then every time we'd have it in that forward line, we wouldn't score. And then they'd slingshot out. We'd, kick we'd bundle goal. it, yeah. Yeah, and I was, I was saying, this, this is going to get hairy. It's going to get so hairy. And then I hopped in the car, listened to it on the radio on the way home. And it was almost, it was almost a rinse and repeat of Queen's birthday the year before. Yeah. Started off on, on, on sort of hard, hard to get going. But once we got going, Fuck, Absolutely, we just them. Them. yeah. Um, massive game from Mason Cox. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I know. Huge I know game. Gorn. I know Gorn got hurt, but 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 Gorn Cox is the reason got Gorn got hurt. Cox jumped into him, really challenged him. A couple of really big, especially in that last quarter, big, strong, contested marks. Great goal mm. on the run too. So a very good team performance. But yeah, Mason Cox was a really good player that game. Really good standout and. And was just good to see after so long of everyone, oh, they haven't beaten anyone. They can't beat any of the top four sides. Not only beating a top four side, but giving them a real, a real whack. We, we gave the them end. a rinse. Like, yeah, and it wasn't yeah. just, and it wasn't like we were beating a top four side. We were beating a top four side that is also the defending premiers as well. Exactly, exactly. So, so it doesn't matter where that club is on the ladder, top four or not, but if they're in the top four and they are the defending premiers, it means a bit more when you do that than if it was to say go against beat Geelong before they go on to win the grand final, sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So and speaking of um going on to win the grand final, obviously we fell one game short this year, which was the prelim final, but we actually in the before we got into the finals, we fucked up Carlton by in, in the last minute of the game. It was amazing to see because fuck Carlton. Uh, what are your thoughts on that game? It, it well, was amazing. Just, like oh, just goosebumps. The whole whole last quarter, edge of your seat, chewing your nails. I was watching it with my my boys, and it was just. I tell you what, I, I'm I'm glad Jamie Elliott doesn't get as nervous as what I do because, <laughs> geez, I was I was proverbially shitting bricks at a, at, at a few stages there, but it's just a great finish. Um, great for a guy who's always sort of maligned as not doing the team things a bit too. Jack Kinnaman, great setup to, to, to allow him that. Another maligned guy, uh, Trent Bianco, good mark out on the wing, took the game on, good challenging kick, and then Pendles, you know, every time he touches it, it's going to go to the right spot. It was just... Yeah. The whole setup of that play, Nick Dacos to begin with, it was just, it was perfect. From it was from, textbook. Yeah, it was. It really was. And I mean, Jamie Elliott's proven time and time again that you need someone to finish a side, just get him the ball. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And obviously, finals, as I just mentioned and alluded to, we did fall short, one game short of the big dance, but can't really be mad as a as a fan because given the state we were in at the end of last season compared to the state we were in at the end of this season is definitely a chalk and cheese um you know comparison so i'm very proud of the boys for getting that far what are your thoughts on the finals games and how we performed yeah definitely so you know i i, chat, I had a chat with my brother before the finals and he was lucky enough to get a ticket to the semi-final for us playing it making the finals was a massive achievement then top four then winning a final there's no way to look at it, but it was a great season. 
yeah, okay, we didn't make the grand final, we didn't win a grand final, but that but that wasn't the measuring stick for us this year. No, we weren't like, like if we don't yeah. make the grand final, it's a it's a loss of the season. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was you know, just happy developed. if we I was happy if we finished ninth to tenth, but we yeah, finished we, in the top four. Exactly. We developed young players, which was a key that we had to do. We changed the game plan, which was a key we had to do, and, and it was a successful change of the game plan. And we're competitive. There was not any one game where you could say, oh, oh maybe, Sid, maybe Sydney, maybe Richmond, we sort of got a bit bit on the back foot. But every other game, we're in it. We're in it yeah. right to the end. And that's that's all you can ask. Like, if you're in it right at the end, you roll your dice, you got a chance to win. Exactly. And everyone was writing us off saying, oh, you know, oh, they, they can't keep winning by, you know, one to six points every 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 week. Uh, we went 11 weeks in a row basically doing that. And people were like, oh, you know, they're, they're getting lucky by after about those four games or five games in a row, they were still going, yeah. oh, they're, they're getting lucky by winning one to six points. I'm like, no, no, it's it's we are taking the game to them. Like, exactly. And Whereas it was all those clubs and those games that we would have played last year, we would have easily just laid down and let them roll over us and just would, demolish would have folded. us. Yeah. Would have folded Whereas, under the pressure. Definitely. Whereas we yeah. just, whereas the team just had a never give up attitude and got the win done. Exactly. I, and the key thing is like, we lost to the two grand final sides in the finals by a total of seven points, which is a fucking amazing. How seven good is points. That? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I'd rather lose by that than how Sydney lost in the grand final. Not only that, like, I'd much rather lose our our prelim final by a point to Sydney. Exactly. Than what Brisbane served the night before. Oh, wasn't that, that was it, it was that, that was that yeah. was absolutely a precursor to what was going to happen in the grand final. Exactly. It honestly. was writing on the wall. Good luck, whoever wins tomorrow night. Yeah, literally. We're ready. Yeah. Literally, yeah. good fucking luck. Absolutely. Um, and during the finals and the season, obviously, they're two very different things. Who are your season standouts? Mine definitely so, is Ginevan. He's definitely, I mean, granted, he's a bit yeah. of a jokester, but he really has backed up what he's been, you know, how he's a bit mouthy. He's backed it up on the field, and I cannot deny him for that. Definitely. He's a small forward. He kicked 40 goals. Right? Like, job done. Uh, he, right, exa- he, he job missed, fucking he, done exactly he, he, he missed out on winning the leading goal kicker for the club by one goal light work as he says you yeah know, light exactly work. light work obviously him obviously nick dacos great season yeah uh, a guy a great rookie about, season for him well more exactly or less rookie yeah season yeah a guy a guy sort of not talked about as much um to to other guys uh patrick yeah. lipinski great yeah. season uh darcy cameron great mm-hmm. year filling in great yeah. fill good filling player i'll give him he, that he, he got he got tied towards the end of the year. You could see he, he actually looked a bit like Grund, after Grundy sort of won those two best rivers. He looked a bit sort of the same, that bit yeah. banged up, bit like Mychek. Mychek looked a bit banged up coming into the finals, and being the only key forward for two years will do that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy who filled in the roles pretty well, Mason Cox, like, yeah, much maligned player, was taking contested marks. Um, he was getting the job done. Get out, get the job done. Yeah, okay. He's never going to get a boatload of possessions. It's yeah. just a fact of life. Now, but he does uh, his role, plays his role. Now, we spoke about season standouts. Who were the season letdowns, though, in your opinion? Now, we uh, I'm, I want to say we're going to go based off players who played more than 10 games in the AFL for us this year because there were quite, every now and then, a few, you know, drops and all that sort of stuff. So players that played more than 10 games this year for us um, but were just season letdowns, you know, like why do they still have their spot sort of thing. 
Yeah, For me, it was I, the Brown brothers. There's you cannot tell me otherwise, and I'm yeah, glad they okay. got delisted. I, I, don't, I don't think they qualify as that ten games this no, year. No, no, but I'm still but glad think, that they got yeah, delisted. Yeah, no, no. So I, 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 I like, I like the Brown brothers, but they just they don't seem to have that next that next gear for that AFL level. No. Um, I don't, I don't think I really have. Someone who really disappointed me. Um, I don't imagine copped a lot of lot of flack early in the did season. Did he play ten games though? I don't think. I don't he think he played ten games. Because he got injured as well. Yeah, I know. An, another example is a guy like Will Hoskinell. He cops a lot of flack off the fans, but the key example is that Sydney goal. That Sydney game. Yeah, okay. He didn't have a lot of possessions, but he kicked two of the key goal key goals for us to get us in the game. Like right? mm-hmm. he kicked the goal. He kicked the goal to get us within a point, and he kicked our first goal of the game when we could. Looked like we couldn't score at all. Uh, kick the kick the back match winner against Gold Coast too. So there's guys who I'd say there's guys who look like they might be disappointing, and then they bob up the next week. I, and, and I think, but that's then they don't of, do shit the following week after that. Yeah, but I but I think that's a sign of how even we are as a side that sort of you don't. But that's the thing you can't. It takes a team to win a grand. It takes a team it to does, win a grand yeah. final, and you can't ha- afford to have any players have an off game. Exactly. Yeah. De- well, definitely, definitely with with our level as well. Sort of, we're riding a lot on key players stepping up. Um, I don't know. It, it's just hard for me to find someone that I I can sit there and say, "Geez, that person had a really disappointing season." Um, okay. Well, who talk- had, well, then, who had a quiet season in your opinion then? Uh, a guy I will mention, uh, Isaac Crater, he, he looked a bit quiet towards the back end of the season. He started really well, but then he, I don't know, he, sort of it's like he sort of sort of went in his shell and went hyper-defensive. Mm. Um, and it, and it, it sort of some of that attacking flair and running carry with the ball wasn't there. Um, Adams is, Taylor Adams is one, not, the injuries are disappointing. Um and at his age now, it's something that is probably going to be, become more of a factor for him. And uh, I, I love him a bit. He, he tries his guts out, but his disposal is... It, it doesn't suit the game game style we're sort of playing. Um, but he's a, great, he's a great team man, and he's a great player. But unfortunately, he seems... Every time he gets the ball, it sort of hands over eyes. Oh, please don't kick it. Please hand pass it. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of a thing Callum Brown... Always hand pass because he couldn't back his kicking, and it doesn't really suit what we're looking for now. We need guys who who can really cut you to ribbons. Yeah, no, absolutely. We will cover the Brown brothers in a bit. Um, yeah. So, who are your finals standouts, though? Because Nick uh, Tackles had a great season, but he had a terrible finals campaign. Yeah, very fumbly against Geelong. Uh, didn't play a bad game against Fremantle, but wasn't huge and was. <laughs> Tagged out of it against Sydney, in, against Sydney, really. Um, final standouts for me, Darcy Moore won the best player in the final series and, and had a great final series. A lot of intercept marks and, and really held his own down back. Um, Kagoe, those first yep. two finals, he nearly dragged us over the line against Geelong. It was huge against Frio. Yeah. A little bit more quiet against Sydney, but a lot of us were. Jack Crisp and Pendlebury as well. Like, yeah, sort of turned turned the clock back a bit. Pendles, just some of the stuff he did was just like, oh wow, that's 2010 Pendlebury. Yeah, I was going to say it was not 2022 Pendlebury. Yeah, so um, he he was a big standout for me. Um, 
Gidevin kicked a couple against Frio and sort of showed that he, he wasn't overawed by the big stage, which is shown throughout the year anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for me, the, the big three, Darcy Moore, Dugowie, Pendles, and, and, well, four, Crisp as well. Yeah. Which are sort of the, the four mainstays that you can always sort of, yeah, these guys have a good game. We're probably going to win or, or, be, or be thereabouts. Yeah, no, that's fair. And speaking of stays and mainstays and whatnot, um, we're going into the trade period, the delistings period, the the basically change your whole fucking lineup period for every club. <laughs> um, so we may as well get started and talk about the delistings. Obviously, the Callum Brown and his brother. I mean, their dad, great player for Collingwood, but unfortunately, they're not the right fit. They're definitely not the right fit. In my thoughts, they're they're good, but they're not Collingwood good. They're not Swans good. They're not well. Whether Swans are going good, let's put it this way. They're not Geelong good. I think they'll they'll find a home at another club that's not in the top eight and won't be top eight for a while. So maybe West Coast or um, you know even North Melbourne really because they'll they'll need to bolster their ranks a bit. And maybe we might see them, but I'm glad that they're going to get some more game time, regular game time because they're just they're not a good fit for the club. Granted, they came under the father son rule, but they should have. Yeah, they're not going to get regular minutes in the AFL because they're just not up to scratch for the, for at least what Collingwood are looking for. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. Callum Brown had one really good season with the Pies, but one of those guys, and, and I think I think the thing that goes against him is he can get the ball, he can find the ball, but he he, seems he can't do shit with it though. He seems unwilling to. It's, it's not so much he can't do shit. He seems unwilling to kick the ball. Mm. I. I genuinely believe he could have the ball in the goal square and still be looking to hand pass it to someone. Yeah. Um, and that's modern football. Modern football's not played that way anymore. Like if you can hand pass, yes. And you've seen, we set up great goals off a chain of hand pass, but they need to be attacking hand pass. Whereas yeah. Callum Brown seems to sort of be that. He seems to second guess he, himself. I've got the ball, but someone else do something with it, please. Um, yeah. Tyler. Need to back yourself. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler's a bit disappointing. Um, he was the more rated of the two players, two boys, when they came to the club. Um, just never seemed to find his feet. I think nah. the only game I can think of where he played a, a good game, a, a good game where you were like, wow, he could make it as a player, was when he filled in for Mason Cox against Fremantle in the rain as the backup Ruckman. Yeah. But it, it was sort of just flashes. There was never... Never Anything consistency. Solid. There was there was no consistency yeah. from him. And, and yeah, and another guy that sort of looked, he looked a bit overawed by the crowd and the, and the big the big stage sort of. The moment. To me, and this is me, not a not a football expert, but he's he sort of looked a bit timid when he got the ball and sort of a bit deer in the headlights. Um, they both had amazing form the last couple of years in the VFL, but they just they just can't seem to make the next step. I would see Callum go on to probably play at some rebuilding clubs. I reckon he will he'll get picked up by. Yep. Tyler, Tyler I, I I don't know. It's just he hasn't played a lot of AFL games, so I guess he may get a lifeline. It's 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 hard to tell at this stage though. Yeah, possibly. And Isaac Chug obviously got delisted as well as McMahon, but we don't really need to go too in depth with them unless you want to have unless you have something to say about them. Well, you know, Chug played. Played into well, one game as the sub and one game as a player. I think he had 16, 17 touches in the game. He did play. He, he looked pretty good, but yeah, he's 
I think he needs to put on a bit of weight. He, he looks a bit, he's a, he's a bit of an inside midfielder, but he looks a bit skinny, a bit easily bumped under the ball. Um, I'd love to see him make it somewhere else, but I think he might be a guy that you see run around in, in the sand foul, there foul. Yeah. Uh, McMahon the same. Maybe even just... the waffle. If he, if yeah, he, if yeah. He I think, the, I think that, I think they're both South Australians, so maybe a move back home. Maybe, the yeah, in the SANFL yeah. or the Waffle or, or even, yeah, that, no, nah, that's fair. Um, yeah. Obviously, trade talk, though. We're talking about the outs at the moment. Obviously, Oliver Henry has um, shown his interest in requesting a trade to Geelong, which is where his brother plays. It's where, you know... There's a lot of fans out there. I'm not going to name any Facebook groups, but there is a few in particular. You know who you are if you're listening and or watching this um, who have jumped all over Oliver Henry talking smack about him. It is absolutely unwarranted. Very, very toxic behavior. So, so toxic because um, I'm sorry, but Ollie Henry, his brother plays at Geelong. So it'd be great to, you know, connect with your brother. Let's be honest. Definitely. And he's not getting the regular game times, in my opinion, that he is so worthy of. He, I, I was waiting to see him play this year because he was so good in the VFL. He only played, I don't even know how many games he played in the AFL this year, but it wasn't enough. I think he was definitely worthy of at least seven or more starts in the AFL. I think he, I think he played. I think he played a few more than that. I think he played roughly about ten or so games where he started in um, the AFL. Yeah, obviously yep. the big game coming on as the sub against Fremantle. Yep, um, that was a great game that he had there. But like he finished, he finished fourth on our goal kickers for the that's year. What I mean, like with twenty one, he, he deserves to. He deserves to have been included for at least 15, 17, you know, games yeah. rather than 10 and then the rest yeah. in the VFL. But also his games were so few and far between. It took him like four rounds in the VFL to get a crack into the AFL team sort of thing. And yeah. I honestly do not blame him for requesting a trade because if that's how next season was going to go for him at Collingwood, you know, why bother? Why not go to a club that you know you'll get regular minutes uh, you know, in the AFL, and even if you don't, you're going through a good fucking system, a grand final winning system. Well, he grew up in Geelong. He grew up a Geelong exactly. supporter. His brother plays there. Home is where the heart is, as they say. So, I don't blame him on that front, and I don't blame him on the front of. I mean, he kicked 21 goals for the year. Yep. Was in and out of the side, and coming into the back end of the season, it didn't seemed to be no matter what he did, he wasn't going to get back in the side. Um, Which pissed me off so much. Yeah, okay, he does have some flaws to his game. He's not as good defensively and stuff. But then the guy who replaced him sort of was a bit the same too, Ash Johnson. Now, I think Ash Johnson has the potential to be a very great player, but it's the same sort of flaws that Orly Henry had. Yep. Quite for big patches of the game, not very good defensively. Has a bit of the yips in front of goal. I think that was one of the things that cost Ollie early early on in the season. We kicked a couple of points, mm-hmm. passed the ball to the goalie, which led to us not getting a goal. But I put that, I know I said that during the time, I put that more on the goalie. Should have been calling for the ball. Yeah. A true senior player, go back, son, have a deep breath, nail the goal, get that monkey off your back. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, I... I I can't blame him for wanting to go. He seems to he seems to have fallen a bit behind in a selection purpose point. Um, Ash Johnson, Nathan Kruger. Yeah. So if you're gonna be if you're gonna be back up to those guys who haven't really fully proven proven themselves on a big stage, whereas Ollie Henry's had games where he sort of took took the bull by the horns, kicked a couple of really important goals. Why not try your luck somewhere else? Yeah. No. Absolutely agree. Yep. I mean, obviously Grundy. It's not. 
confirmed or anything yet, but we can more or less say he's played his last game in a Collingwood jumper. It, it's it's kind of safe to say that. It, it seems as such. And, you know, he hasn't, delivered, wanna... he hasn't yeah. delivered on what he signed on for and yeah. you know, in his last contract with Collingwood. And so, therefore, good riddance. I hope he does well. I hope he doesn't do better than us, obviously, but I hope he does well. Yeah, so, so so I wouldn't say good riddance. I mean, he's been a great clubman. He's clearly like you can tell, but you can tell from like his his Instagram feed and all that, and, and other players that he's clearly loved at the club. So it, it obviously hasn't been a hard, an easy decision for anyone in the club involved in this. Obviously, the the big factor in it, massive seven year contract, which was signed by a previous regime. So Graham Wright's come from. Premiership winning stock at Hawthorne. What's one thing you can always say about those Hawthorne teams? They're racist. Had, well, <laughs> well let, let's let's wait till we get you know everyone's full story on that before we make any comments. But um, I'm sorry, but in every allegation, there's always yeah. a, a hint of truth, no matter what allegation. De- definitely, it is, so, and I well, so, I will yeah. I, I will say, um, considering how off the handle everyone in the media went when it was. Us the year before. Yep. I'm glad it's someone else's turn. Honestly. Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, now um, continue. Yeah. So the the big thing is so yeah, as I said, Graham White building that team, like, yeah, they had big boy Ben McAvoy, but he wasn't on big dollars and he wasn't their star player. Like he was a good, consistent performer. And which is Darcy Cameron shown he can be that, you know, he averaged uh eighteen hit outs a game, so not as much hit outs as Grundy, but he had 20, 20 goals for the year. Um, and plus, lot, if we need, we can bring in Cogzilla for like two, like two to ten exactly hit-outs Cox. if needed. So, so the one thing I will say, and a lot of people say, this shows why we need Grundy. We won eleven games in a row without him. We made it all the way there with, without him. Mm-hmm. Brody Grundy, the games he played this year, had three contested marks at zero point five contested marks a game. Yep. Both Darcy Cameron and Mason Cox. Average well over that. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why Brody Grundy became expendable. The other thing is, Brody Grundy wins a lot of the taps, but has been shown in the last couple of years, it doesn't always go to our hands anyway. No. So, what we need to get better at as a club is reading where the taps going off both ruckmen. Absolutely, absolutely agreed. Um, and obviously, players that have mentioned interest in being traded to our club. It's going to be a very busy trade period for us. We've got McStay, Mitchell, Hill, and Frampton. Of those four so far who have named, they they have their interest in Collingwood, which is good that we're becoming a destination club again. Who do you reckon uh, you're most excited for, for us to potentially trade in? Yeah, I've, I've, I've chopped and changed on this so much. Um, for a long time, I was adamant that I didn't like Tom Mitchell and I didn't. You only liked him because he's not at our club. So well, you no, no, didn't like him, sorry. No, no, I was I was a very adamant believer that he didn't use the ball very well. Like he got a lot of possessions, but he didn't hurt you with his possessions. Um, when it became more and more a lot more talk that he was gonna come to the Collingwood, I actually had a look at his stats and I gotta say I was wrong on him. His 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 stats show he's a lot better than what I, I thought he was and is a lot more damaging with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um obviously with Tom Mitchell it becomes one of them things do him and Adams both play in the same side because they're both sort of that similar player? Um, but it is also good to have two of those ball players, good especially with, with Adams' injury history. Um, I actually like Frampton. Um, 
from what I've seen of him, yeah, he didn't make it as a key forward, but he's been really good as a key back. Um, some of his stats were above average, elite in the in in the sort of contested marking, spoiling stuff, which is what you want. Um, he's more of a spoiler than an intercept marker, which suits what we need. Um, obviously, we got Jeremy Howe and Darcy Moore, who first option is always the intercept mark. Yes. Frampton is tall. I think he's a centimetre shorter or taller than Darcy Moore. They're both around the same height. Yep. And he's a solid boy. So I think that helps. I think if we're sort of brutally honest, Jeremy Howe's a very good defender, but he's not, he shouldn't be taking guys like Tom Hawkins, Jeremy no. Cameron. He, he's not a big bodied key defender. So I think we're, we're one of them short. Same goes for Nathan Murphy. I love him, but he's probably not solid enough to do that. He's had a great season, especially considering where he was at the start of the year. Looked like he was going to be delisted. So he's, he's certainly, he's stepped up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, yeah, for me, Frampton, uh, Mitchell's good. McStay, I'm not going to say I'm not sold on McStay. The thing that worries me with McStay is he doesn't kick a lot of goals, but then again, he is also the fifth option when it goes into that Brisbane forward line. When you've got Danaher, Charlie Cameron, um, Hipwood. Yep. He's he's not seeing a lot of the ball come his way. And I think McStay, what we'll find with McStay is he'll free Brody Majacek up a bit more too. So Brody Majacek's done all that full work, contested mark, yep. putting his body on the line. It, it's got to help Majacek, um sort of be a bit more free. And it'll be interesting to see sort of how that forward line looks with McStay. Does Bobby Hill go in there? Is Kruger back in there? Is Johnson in there? That's a that's a big one to watch. Sort of how we set up uh, offensively next year. Do we yeah. stay with that small forward line that's fleet of foot, or do we put another big body in there? No, that's fair. Um, and we, I, I was gonna get us to talk about a bit of the draft and our draft prospects, um, but I've decided to forego that. Because <laughs> we'll do that in a separate episode dedicated to the draft and whatnot. Definitely, we have we have gone a bit long. Yeah, so we'll do a fly evaluation. Um, now, yep. this isn't going to be a... It's not going to be a, we're going to go into detail like we have about everything else. This is just going to be... You don't need to justify it. Or I just want you to give him a grade, like a school grade from A to F. And I'm going to list the things. And then you say A, B, C, D, E, F, whatever you think. And then I'll do mine as well. And then we'll figure out what the average will be for him. So... Um, okay. Okay, so for so Craig McRae, obviously the coach fly, obviously he got coach of the year and deservedly so. Um, oh, definitely. So what do you, what would you grade him for getting the most out of the players this season? A plus. I, I'd give him an A. So I reckon, yeah, that's an average. So A and A plus. Right. Uh, list management. Um, I'd give him a B plus. No, I'm I'm going to go high for that. I'm going to go A because he he had some sort of left field. Sort of, sort of players that at the start of the year, no one was thinking they're gonna, they're gonna be Good. regulars in the side. Yeah, regulars. Yep. Um, he, he, he went through the list, found those players, got yep. them in, and and it extent, so like guys like Caleb Polder, Finlay McRae, who were being touted as being the next great Collingwood players, could hardly get a get a gig in the one. So yep. yeah, I'm gonna give him an A for that. He's he's found talent outside yep. of where it was expected. Okay. Yep. Game day team selection. Well, you can't really give him not an at least an A because eleven weeks in a row. Like, yeah, definitely. So yeah, de- definitely an A. I don't think A plus purely because we did have a few losses that I think we could have made or turned into wins. Um, 
So I'll give him an A. Uh, game day coaching, A plus, surely. A plus, definitely. Uh, a plus. For the for the for the for the previous, I give him an A as well. Um, yep. My reasoning on that is there's a lot of talk about sort of who he had as sub and who he had start. So um, I wasn't hypercritical on it. I can I can see why he took Bianco over Carmichael a lot of times. Bianco's a bit better foot skills, a bit fitter. Yep. Um, there was a few times where we went big with the sub. Um, was questioned at the time, and sometimes it didn't pay off. But I think sometimes he did it just because we needed insurance in case someone tall went down. Yeah. Um, which no. showed him one of the finals. Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. And last one is rapport with the players. It has to be A plus. Surely. A plus 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 plus. Like <laughs> A triple plus. So. I don't know if you watched any of the Copeland Trophy uh, Friday night. No, nah, I didn't get a chance. Okay, so so I, I, I had a chance to watch it. Um, I, I got a bit of a rant about that in mm-hmm. a minute. But um, basically everyone who won a medal, first first person that they spoke of and everything was glowing and endearing was Fly. Um, Fly's speech at the Copeland Trophy, I, I know the Pies have put little snippets of it up on... Um, on Facebook and stuff. If you if you get a chance, mm-hmm. watch it. He's he can joke about the players and, 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 and just seeing seeing everyone that's so happy. And I think a big part of that is how he how he coached from the bench all year and sort of every time a player came off, he would arm around them, tell them, talk to them. Yeah, there was no none of different that. Or, yeah. or to keep doing what they're doing or whatever. Exactly, which which is great. I, it, it's so good to see coaches going away from being up in the coach's box again. Yeah. Like. Absolutely. Talk to the players. Don't pick up a phone or have one of the assistants talk to him. Talk to the player. Let mm. him know. And then he knows this is coming from the horse's mouth. This is what you want. This is what I need to do. Yep. Absolutely. No, absolutely agreed. Um, so basically that gives him an overall. So we've got one A plus, one A plus. So one two, we've got so we've given him three A pluses. Uh one, two, three A's. And a B plus, so that works out to be an average of A. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I reckon a, a to very a high A, very yeah, high so A. Yeah. A to A half plus. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, you could, there's there's not much more you could really ask for in the in only thing. The only thing that could have um, the, the only difference would have been winning the grand final. Like that's the exactly. only thing that that he could have done better. And like yep. that's a big ask in itself. So, bloody well done to McRae. Um, what's your rant? And then we'll wrap this up. Ah, uh, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So obviously the Copeland Trophy, uh, for those who don't know at the moment, uh, Copeland Trophy was Crisp, the RT Rush, Pendlebury, JJ Joyce, Darcy Moore, Jock McHale, Howe, Jack Regan, Sidebottom. So that's top five. Darcy Moore, Bob Rose, best in the finals. Darren Mullane Award was uh, Maynard, best clubman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry this doesn't Collins. sound like a rant. This sounds like oh, no, I'm, I'm going to go in the rant. I just wanted to acknowledge our trophy winners. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Harry Collier, which was uh, defensive pressure. Oh, sorry, Harry Collier, best young player, Nick Dacos, the Gavin Brown, defensive pressure, McCreary, uh, Gordon Coventry, Myacek, leading goal kicker, and the John Wren, which has been Finlay McRae, mm-hmm. best in the VFL. My rant is uh, Brian Taylor. What about him? Okay, this is aimed at Jeff Brown and the board. Do okay. not let that bottom feeding scum back in the club. Why? Don't have him. Don't have him MC. Have someone else do it. Yeah. Why? Don't care who else. Anyone Why? but was Mark. he just a bad no. MC or? 
the way he has spoken about the club continuously, yeah, he he's the first to sink the boot. Him and Caroline Wilson should be yeah. doors are barred, don't come in. Yeah, I no, had Kane Corns before I had Bard there. <laughs> that's fair enough, and yeah. that's that's a fair enough rant. Um, well done to honestly Collingwood in general. A very successful season compared to last year. Cannot wait to see what's in store for next season. And obviously anyone who's listening to this episode, will, uh, we are going to drop a draft episode at some point in the next few weeks before the draft. And then we're going to do a 2023 season preview, obviously, because we will have done the draft. The Collingwood will have got their new players and, you know, trader players and all that. And so it'll be, it'll be on, on for young and old, ready to go. And I think we could, if, any, if next year is anything to go, like, sorry, if this year is anything to go off for next year, we're going well. We're trotting along. I think we'll, I think we'll turn some heads and maybe, maybe, become flag pies again. Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> Rightio. I'm just gonna end that.